timber and then no tree falls i just i just punked you i did a fake timber what the hell does that mean let's just get on with the show what a dumb way to start the show tricking you into thinking there's a tree falling somewhere what the, what the hell is the matter with me uh hey listener mailbag today folks we're gonna be uh reading some of your letters the mail that you write into me at harlandwilliams.com. We'll be getting into that. We're going to be talking about knitting. Do you knit? Who the hell knits? Um, receipts. Have you done your income taxes yet? The receipts. Do you have to deal with receipts? Do you hate receipts? Uh, but I bet you love candy, don't you? Don't you, huh? You like candy? We all like candy. Well, how about sour candy? What's up with that stuff? Why do we love the sour candy so much? I guess it's because we just love to eat. We love to eat and eat and eat. And speaking of eating leftovers, when was the last time you had leftovers? And what was that experience like? Did it go down well? Or did you, like, puke for nine days? Well, maybe uh, you can digest this. You know where you are. Start eating. It's the Harland. Highway! Welcome to the Harland Highway. Relax. Get ready to have fun. What we've got here is failure to communicate. One cheeseburger with everything coming out. You just made a wrong turn onto the Harland Highway. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. This is Harland Williams. I'm a human being, god damn it! This is Harlan Williams on the Harland Highway, and has there been a secret meeting somewhere that I missed? Did somebody somewhere throw a meeting regarding receipts? Is this just happening to me, or is this happening to everybody? Everywhere you go. You go to the airport, you buy a 50-cent newspaper, and a 90-cent pack of gum, and they give you a receipt. They give you all that change. You get all these coins, and then they stick in this big clumsy receipt, and you don't want the receipt, so you're trying to put the coins in your pocket. You've got your paper in the other hand, and you get this receipt, which you don't want in your pocket, but if you don't stuff it in with the coins, you're going to drop everything. And you know, what do you want with the receipt? What? Oh, ooh, I better get this to the tax man. This was a 50 cent paper and an 80 cent pack of gum. Are you going to McDonald's now or Burger King? Here's your receipt. Better make sure you document that $4 meal, buddy. We don't want the IRS coming down on you. And then some places you go to now, there's a sign up. It says, if we don't give you your receipt, this meal is free. Boy, oh boy, I really need the receipt that bad. What is going on with the receipts? I don't need them. I'm paying cash. I don't need a record of my USA Today. I don't need a record of my Juicy Fruit or my Kit Kat bar. I don't have a little pile at home where I keep my People Magazine receipts or my Burger King onion ring receipts. Thank you very much. You're wasting paper. You're killing trees. Stop pushing them on me. Tell you what, people, send me a receipt just to make sure you got this little rant. I'll put it in a little pile. 
make sure uh, everything's accounted for. Would you like your receipt? Ah, uh, shut up! Oh, yeah, we just don't need those receipts. And here's something else I've got to ask. I, I, I don't know if we need this or not. Maybe you could tell me. Uh, do we need to knit anymore? Okay, I saw a woman, a young woman, probably in her maybe late 20s, early 30s, knitting the other day um, out in public. And I was on an airplane, and I looked like a few rows in front of me, and there was this woman, like, knitting away. And and she had these giant, uh, I'm not kidding, the, the, the actual dimensions of these knitting needles, okay? They were made out of wood, and they were probably two feet long. No word of a lie. Um, they had big points on the end of them. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, what, what the hell? First of all, how did she get those through security, okay? I mean... These were like Buffy the Vampire Slayer vampire stakes. They, they were enormous. They were the thickness of a small curtain rod that you'd hang in your window. I mean, maybe even bigger. I mean, these, these things were like if you, if you cut through the knitting needle and looked at the cross section, it would be the circumference of probably a nickel, maybe a little bigger. Like, they were big things, man. And I'm like, God, those those are like weapons, man. Those are like, she's got two real pointy weapons. And I'm like, how does that, you know, they won't let you through with a box cutter. They won't, up and up, when they serve your meal, they're giving you plastic knives and plastic forks. And here's Buffy the Vampire Slayer making herself a new uh, turtleneck sweater in, uh, Row F72 or whatever it is. And uh, I'm thinking, wow, wouldn't that be a great headline, huh? Woman uh, takes down plane with knitting apparatus. Uh, You know, investigators find uh, blanket and sweater at the scene. I mean, it was it's just weird. And then the whole process, I was watching her, and I was like one stitch after another, and she's kind of going really fast. It's a very repetitive uh, process, knitting. It reminded me of someone, like, standing on an assembly line, and as things, you know, slide by on a conveyor belt, they stamp them. It's just like stamp, stamp. And, and with knitting, it's like knit, 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 knit. You just you keep twisting the fabric over the end of the knitting needles. And uh, in a way, I was jealous because I thought, oh, that'd be cool to know how to knit. But then I thought, who the hell knits anymore? I mean, who has time to knit? Can you imagine? I don't have have enough clothes. I think I'm going to make me a sweater. I think I'm going to make me a a nice pair of pants and a sweater. And uh, you know what? My blankets are getting old. I think I'll knit me a giant blanket for my king-size bed. I'm like, what are you doing in life that you have so much time? Most of us are running around like chickens with our heads cut off all day. And old, uh, you know, Nell Flanders here is knitting herself a a duvet. I mean, that's a long process, knitting clothing, knitting a sweater, knitting a blanket. 
You don't do that in a day. And to just sit there and do it over and over and over, it must be just kind of some kind of weird, like like some kids play video games to, to just kill their brain and pass the time. Uh, knitting's got to be very, uh, probably soothing and relaxing, but just sitting there clacking those little knitting needles together. It's bizarre. And I'm like, D- doesn't that person know that there's like the gap? Doesn't that person know there's Urban Outfitters, that there's clothing stores, there's Target, there's Walmart even if you need it? I was going to go up to her and go, ma'am, you don't have to make your own clothing. You don't have to make a sweater. You could probably buy one at Kmart for $9.99. Probably take about a minute and a half to go in and get one and pay for it. You don't have to knit yourself a sweater. Okay, Buffy? And then she, like, hisses at me, <laughs> bears her fangs, and hammers her knitting needle vampire stake right through my chest. Thanks, Buffy, the vampire knitter. So I don't know. And then I started thinking, maybe that's a great survival skill. I'm sitting there. What if I was lost in the wilderness? You know, because we're always lost in the wilderness now, according to the cable shows. Isn't there about, like, 42 different shows on TV now where, where people are lost in the wilderness. There's Bear grills and there's, you know, a man against the world. And there's that one where there's two guys lost. And, I mean, everybody's lost now. And I thought, well, what if I'm lost in a desert or a rainforest or up on a mountain? Wouldn't it be a good skill to know how to knit? You know, if I'm lost in a blizzard and I got no shelter, I'm like, no worries. I'll just break these two branches off, skin this mountain goat, and knit myself a tent. In fact, why don't I knit myself a little snowmobile and get the hell out of here? But it's kind of like the process. It's like making netting. You know, I thought, you know, if you knew how to knit, you could probably knit together a net and go fishing and... You know, hang it from trees and drop it on wild pigs. I say, I think I'll catch myself a wild pig. Well, how on earth will you do that, Chester? I will knit myself a sweater and drop the sweater on the wild pig as it passes underneath. Excellent. Excellent, Arthur. My name's Chester. Well, okay, they sound close. And how will you kill the bloody pig? I shall get my stake and stab it right through the heart like a vampire. Have you seen the vampire teeth coming out of those wild pigs? Excellent, Chester. Shut up. So I don't know. I'm kind of ragging on the whole knitting thing, but at the same time, I'm kind of jealous and kudos for you for knowing how to do it. But honestly, if you have all that time on your hands, come over to my house and rake some leaves or something. God bless you. And now I'm going to nip my mouth shut and move on. Hey there, Billy. How about a little lollipop? Granny's got a lollipop for you, Billy. I don't want a lollipop. Oh, yes you do, Billy. You're going to like this one. I really don't want a lollipop, old lady. Well, I'm going to stuff this one right down your gob hole if you don't take it, little Billy. Okay, in that case, I'll have it since you're a violent old bag. 
That's right, Billy. Now suck on it, you little whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah, candy treats, right, people? Those sour candies or the, the little uh, wiggly worms or the gum babies or the gooey bears or the, what are they called, sour patch kids or sour lollipops or gum. Why do we like that sour stuff, man? You put that stuff in your mouth, it can just feel your mouth like... Like sucking in. Sounds like an old creaking window. You can just feel your cheeks sucking in and your mouth puckering up. And looks like you're growing a butthole right in the middle of your face. Oh, listen to it. Oh. Looks like you've been kissing the side of a salt lick all morning or something. Just looks like a big walking butthole. You can hardly talk. Your lips are all puckered up and you can turn into an old lady. Has anybody seen my teeth? I've just been eating some sour stuff and I can't find my teeth. Keep it soft. Keep it sweet. And the way you do that as you keep listening to the sweet words coming out of my mouth here on the Harland Highway. Stuck on that lollipop, you little bastard. <laughs> oh, I don't want it. Oh. Suck it, you little weasel. <laughs> letters. Oh, we get letters. We get your letters every Yes, it is time. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for your letters from the Harland Highway mailbag. You write to me at harlandwilliams.com, and I save them up till I have a nice little batch, and I read them. So let's get going with our first letter. This one's from Gordon, and uh, he says, Speaking of getting taken, hey, Harland, I dig your podcast. They really make my commutes like 80% more entertaining. But, hey, speaking of getting scammed, I guess I did a whole segment on being scammed. He said, your most recent podcast from April 12th features the same iPad rant twice. They actually sound like they might have been two different takes, but still a bit redundant. Anyways, keep up the good work and hope to catch you in Chicago soon. Well, A, I'm glad you uh, you listen to them when you're commuting to work. What a What a treat. I wish I had. I wish I had the Harland Highway when I used to commute to work. Uh, B, yes, every now and then we do have technical glitches. <laughs> what I find funny is people love to point them out. Uh, Gordon was not the only one that pointed out that there was uh, one podcast where a, a few of the bits repeated by accident, and it was just some kind of technical uh, downloading glitch. Um, it's not like I was like, gee, I like that bit so much, I'm going to run it again. No, it's just that was just kind of some weird technology screw up. So uh, my apologies, but a lot of people wrote in about that. So uh, we'll try and keep a closer eye on that. 
And then lastly, uh, he says, when are you going to be in Chicago? Well, guess what, buddy? I will be in Chicago at the end of May, specifically uh, May 31st and then uh, June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. So a Thursday through Sunday gig at the uh, Improv in Chicago in Schaumburg. It's just outside of Chicago. So uh, I really hope that uh, I catch you there. Okay? All right. Let's jump to the uh, next letter here. Let's see uh, who we got in the old mailbag. Uh, this is from uh, Jeb. Jeb uh, comments on Senor Fuentes. Dear Harlan, your podcast is the best. Well, thank you, sir. My favorite Senor Fuentes bit was from a while back when he had a speech impediment and he was raping your lawn. Mm-hmm. An idea that I had for Senor Fuentes was for him to get a piece of ash wood, in brackets, ash wood. Um, so I get it. Okay. That, that one might be a bit of a stretch, but you never know. I might party with that. Um, and uh, he concludes his letter with a great podcast. Keep up the good work. I love that you don't have only interviews all the time like most podcasts. Well, thank you, Jeb, for saying that because I, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of friends in the entertainment industry. I, I have a ton of comics and celebrities and. You know, I drop them in here from time to time because I I, I, lo- I love interviewing people. I have a fun time, but at the same time, you're right. Just about every podcast out there is someone talking to someone. And to me, I get bored of it. it it's like, you know, I love to pepper it in here now and then, but uh, that's, that's what sets the highway apart. Um, I'm trying to do something that's just... Uh, you know, a little, a little more uh, off center, a little less predictable, and uh, you know, trying to do what I like to do, which is kind of theater of the mind. And uh, you know, so thank you for uh, for uh, saying that. Um, let's see who else we got here. Mimi. Mimi says, "Thank you. I've thanked you before for helping me fall asleep every night. I've been going through a rough time lately." And since Howard Stern is usually on vacation and Corolla's shows blow half the time, I can always rely on your show to help me feel better. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I've, I've been a frequent guest on Adam Corolla's show, and uh, I don't listen to it all the time, but I like it. Um, but, hey, I'm glad you, uh, you like the highway. That, that's a very nice uh, compliment. And uh, I'll take it, man. I'll take it, and I'll keep the uh, the shows coming your way, of course. Okay? Uh, all right. Let's see what else we got here in the old mailbag. This is from Courtney. Courtney says, great actor. You are such a good actor, and I love your old movies. <clears throat> you know, that's a double-edged sword. Uh it's like, A, thank you so much for the amazing, uh, wonderful compliments. I truly appreciate it. Um, but I guess the thing that stings a little bit is I love your old movies. <laughs> and she doesn't mean anything derogatory by that. She just means she loves my old movies. And what I'm saying is, good God, I'm getting old. When people refer to some of my movies as old, yikes. 
Um, but let's not focus on the old. Well, you can focus on the old. Thank you for, for your compliments. Go out and watch the old movies. But uh, I have a new movie coming up called Old Days, which I'm very excited about. I told you about uh, a few days ago, a few podcasts ago, I should say. And uh, it'll be the next comedy for me coming up. I'll keep you posted on that. Let's move along. These are some great letters. Here we go. This is from Sean Kendall. And he says, Full Metal Jacket. Comments, hey, Har, great show. I love it. You crack me up constantly. One thing, and I hate to do this, but a Full Metal Jacket has nothing to do with the clip itself. Oh, okay. I might have to disagree here, but let me go on. A normal bullet is made of lead, and it basically becomes a molten ball in the air after being fired. Full metal jacket means the bullet is entirely covered in nickel or steel alloy with a lead center. The bullet doesn't lose its shape in the air and is generally pointed. This allows the bullet to pass through things like body armor and even jeeps and some light armored vehicles. Some larger rounds can even pierce tanks. And then he uh, gives me a, a Wikipedia link. Thanks, buddy. I'll be sure to pop in and let you know when you fuck something else up. <laughs> Just kidding. Poke me in the eye with a pineapple. <laughs> well, hey, hey, I, that's, again, that's fun. People people love to find the, uh, the little errors that I make in here. And uh, I, I love that it cracks me up because I just kind of do this show on the fly. And... Um, and so uh, I love it when people pick that up. But I got to disagree with you. Your your uh, your assessment there on the Wikipedia thing, uh, it sounds like it's referring more to the uh, actual physical uh, uh, makeup of a bullet. But if you actually watch the uh, watch the movie Full Metal Jacket, they actually explain it in the movie. They they tell you what a full metal jacket is, which means it's when you fill up your cartridge, your your uh, bullet cartridge, they call that being a full metal jacket. And that's that's right from the movie, so maybe they got it wrong. Um, but uh, anyways, let's move on. I'm not here to fight. I'm just here to read your wonderful emails. <laughs> let's see who we got next as I reach deep into the mailbag. Here we go. This is from Steve Tannenhill. Tainhill, something like that. Uh, sorry for getting your name wrong. And his, his subject, he says, thank you. And he, he goes on to say, I just spent three months in the hospital with a respiratory ailment. I was hooked up to a machine, and all I could do was lay there. Good Lord. I was lucky to have some of your work on DVD, and it saved my sanity. I just want to tell you how your humor is the best medicine, and it works. I found a picture of you and put it on my wall to remind me to never despair. Humor is always there. Thank you for what you do, and may you do it for a long time to come. Steve Tanhill. I hope I'm saying it right. Wow, what a letter. Steve, 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 Steve. First of all, I hope you're feeling better, man. I hope... I did a podcast a while back where I, I went on. I did a whole long thing about how I was in a hospital for like one night because I had a noodle stuck in my throat. And it's traumatic and it's depressing and it's scary and it's disorienting. And it's it just, oh, hospitals, 
Hospitals can just freak you out, man. And you, you, you laid there for three months. So, man, first and foremost, I hope you're feeling better. I hope you're out of there, and I hope you're uh, kicking ass in the 90s, as they say. Um, and, uh, two, I'm a little worried that you said I made you laugh a lot, which takes the lungs, and here you are with a respiratory ailment, so now I'm, I'm hoping I didn't damage you more by making you laugh. Um, and lastly, uh, thank you for your words. I mean, that's part of why I do this, man. You know, it, it's like this podcast goes out all over the world, and I wish I knew every individual that was listening to it. Um, because you know, it, it's for you guys and, and the fact that it, uh, it puts a smile on your face as ridiculous as it is, as silly as it is. I'm glad that, uh, you guys are absorbing it and uh, having fun with it and just having a giggle. God bless having a giggle. So as I said, I hope you're uh, on your feet. You're feeling good. Thank you for the letters. And why don't we end on that one? Uh, and uh, and we'll close up the Harlan Highway mailbag. Be sure and uh, drop me a letter, harlanwilliams.com, and maybe we'll uh, read your letter on the air here at the Harlan Highway. hey Oh, boy. Feeling a little raunchy today. Ever eat leftovers, but you don't remember just how leftover they are? Like, you look in the fridge, and you don't want to get in the car and go get fast food, because you're in a vegetative state of mind. And you don't have anything to cook except maybe a can of Campbell's soup, and you know that's not enough, and you got maybe a popsicle and a jar of relish. And you put those together, and it ain't a very tasty treat. And there's that one kind of mystery container sitting in the fridge back there. Kind of, when did I eat that? What? Oh, yeah, that Indian food. That was, that was last night, right? But you know in your subconscious that it was like four nights ago. But to uh, kind of lessen the degree of illness you're about to get, you kind of talk yourself into it being last night, and it's still safe to eat. The botulism hasn't set in. The E. coli hasn't swarmed over the tenduri. And you're like, I'm okay, man. Yeah, it's okay. All I have to do is heat it up. Heat kills everything, right? I throw it in the microwave. No problem. So you pull it out of the fridge, you peel back the little lid sitting there in that silver tray. Looks like a giant Petri dish. You're waiting for Steve McQueen to come running in. Don't touch it! Don't touch it! It's the blob! You could have swore you saw the thing move, right? Stay away, it's the blob! You're like, nah, I can handle it, huh? One day old uh, tendori chicken. So, in it goes, into the microwave. And into your belly. And then, three, four hours later, you're like, man, why didn't I eat that? I got the blob in my stomach. <laughs> and it's about to change shape. Ah! <laughs> All right. 
And then you live through it. Somehow you miraculously live through it. And you're like, oh, that's not a problem. And then the next time it happens, you're like, you kind of push the days. Right? Because you were like, well, last time I let it sit three days. I mean, what's four days? And then you make it through. And then you're like, ah, what's five days? I did four. And it still keeps going till suddenly you're just eating like raw mold. <laughs> you, your your system develops uh, the antibodies to resist any type of uh, disease or virus, right? You, you, your body's so strong from eating rotten, moldy, leftover food, it's it's created antibodies, and you're like, you can't even get AIDS or malaria or polio. You're just like, whatever. AIDS? Are you kidding me? Tch. I ate a nine-day-old Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, chicken breast yesterday, okay? It was green and purple. AIDS schmades. Polio wolio, okay? Uh, diphtheria whipteria. So there you go. Building up your immune system through eating leftovers. And speaking of leftovers... Not the left part, but the over part. I'm looking at the time, and it's over. We're out of time. Over and out. So sad. So very, 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 very sad. Uh, Once again, thanks for your letters. Um, Always fun to read them, see what's on your mind. HarlowWilliams.com, or if you want to uh, call me, 323-739-4330. You can leave a phone message for the kid. And uh, don't forget this weekend. Oh, my God. Starting tomorrow night, the 27th, the Pittsburgh Improv, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be there doing stand-up uh, tomorrow night through uh, Sunday. So it'll be uh, the 27th, the 28th, the 29th. Get your tickets at improv.com and uh, reserve your seats. I'll be doing a meet and greet after the show, and we're also going to be doing some sketch comedy improv as part of the show. So you're going to see stand-up and then some sketch comedy. So it's like a double bubble right there. Uh, Don't forget to check out harlowwilliams.com for uh, our little store we have there. You can buy merch. And um, don't forget you can get the Harlan Highway on Stitcher Radio you can subscribe uh, there and catch uh, catch the show on your iPhone. So that's it, or whatever cell phone you got. Uh, that's it. That's all we got, man. I'm going to go uh, whip up some uh, nine, nine-year-old Jello or something and have some dinner. and uh, Or maybe, you know what? Screw that. I'm going to go Oriental tonight. I'm going to whip myself up a great big moldy bowl of, you guessed it, Chicken chow mein, baby!